Guess what, guys? We're not doctors. No, we are not. If you're going to be making any major medical decisions, please consult your doctor. That includes diets, exercise, medications, and surgery. We love you guys. And we want you to continue to be in our OSLP family forever. So be careful and and consult consult your doctors. doctors. Guys, we all need our vitamins after surgery, regardless of what you think. Yes. It's a must. Yes. So why not choose the easiest and the best tasting in the community? Seriously, it's ProCare, guys. ProCare is so delicious. I use their chewable for over a year. That's how I know. Yes. And I love their capsules. Yes. Love them. They're once a day. I take them at night. Easy peasy. And my labs are fantastic. Yeah. Our labs are great. And I've actually switched to the capsules and I take those at night now. So if you guys need your iron, they have them with iron and they have them iron free. They even have calcium chews. Yes. The calcium chews. mm, Perfect. They have mocktail ones. So go over to ProCareNow.com and use our code OSLP to save some money. Prepping and measuring your food post-op is a beast all in itself. But Portion Perfection has actually made it super, super simple. They have bowls, plates, and even a lunch bag called the Kitten Carry where you can have all of the system ready to go. Yeah, we love carrying that thing around with Mm -hmm. us. It's so much easier to pack your lunch, your snacks, especially when you're on a road trip. That Mm -hmm. thing is a lifesaver. Yes. If you want to get these things to help your journey, just go over to portionperfection.com and use our code 15 osl pod. And again, that's 15 OSL pod. And you can also go over to our Amazon storefront to pick out any of those that you would like to use. Are you feeling lost alone? Maybe a little unsupported in your bariatric journey? Well, if you are, we have a great resource for you. It's called the tribe membership, and they have support groups every single day with experts in their field who also had bariatric surgery comes with journal prompts, workouts and recipes. You name it. They got it. You'll never feel alone again once you join the tribe. Now go over to thesleepdietitian.com and use code OSLP at checkout. Welcome Welcome back, OSLP family. Welcome, welcome. Damn it. Kelly's crackly voice. Yes, I am sick, but I am still here. She showed up. I showed up. So right. you, you get crackly voice, Kelly, today. Yes, you do. Um, so we are super excited. Are you, beca- you going to finish our intro? I think you should. Okay. You are listening to our Sleep Life podcast, and this is Maha. This is Kelly. <laughs> we'll switch it up for this one. Yeah. There we go. Um, there we go. Okay. So we are super, super excited yes. because we just, um, tickets just dropped for the 2023 Just Be You Bariatric Award Show. Yeah, as we're recording right now, it's only been 24 hours since yes. they have been released. Yes. We're getting some great movement. We are yes. excited. We can't wait for everybody to join us in Washington, D.C. this year. That's right. Did you hear that, everybody? Washington, Washington D.C. Your girls got hooked up in D.C. Yes. yes. And the theater is amazing. The hotels that we picked are amazing. Everything about this is going to be amazing. Incredible. Hopefully for you to say a third amazing. The three A's. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yes. So go over to jbyawards.com mm-hmm. and you're going to want to get your tickets. You'll want to book your hotel. That's right. And we're going to have lots more information on that website. So you want to make sure that you're going back to it quite often. Uh, the other thing is, is that nominations have started. I wanted to tag a little bit on the ticket side for a hot second because. Of course. The tickets 
here's the deal. You get a lot this time with yes, your tickets. Yes, you do. You do, So actually. Kelly was just going to shy over that. But we're going to have a DJ, a dance floor. Mm-hmm. There's going to be liquor flowing. There's going to be food. Like we're going to have a photo booth. Everything's going to happen in that one space, too. So, yes. like, once the shows, once me and Kelly are off stage, then they're going to remove all those chairs and they're going to have us go dance and have fun. There's two mm-hmm. bars, one on the balcony, one below. Mm-hmm. And some of the tickets are special. Yes. You do the balcony tickets, the premiere ones. You get table service. You mm-hmm. don't have to get up during the show. Yep. It's pretty cool. It's so a QR code. You yep. use your phone. You order your drinks and they bring it right to your table. Now, with those tables, you have to buy them in either a group of four or six. That's correct. So get your friends in a group message, right. figure it out and get those booths be there because before they're gone. Yeah. Cause there's only like 10 of them. Yeah. They're so. very exclusive. Um, and then if you want just general admission, you're still going to have a great seat for the show. It's going to be right down in front. That's right. Um, so no matter what ticket you get, you're going to have a great view. Oh yeah. And the Howard theater is beautiful. It's amazing. Inside. It's amazing. So I go to the website, check it all out again. Mm-hmm. It's jbyawards.com. Our Patreon Get discounts for this. Yes. So, so you if you can are a become a patron member. and get a discount for your ticket. Just yes. FYI. Yes. That's that's out there. Um, also, we'd like to send a big thank you to our top sponsor once again. ProCare, ProCare. is taking care of this bariatric community. Yes, they are. Always. They are supporting one of the biggest parties of the year. Mm-hmm. Actually, the biggest party the of cel- the year. Yeah, the biggest celebration of the year yes. is going to be the award show because it's a People's Choice Awards. You guys get to choose everything. Yes. Kel's going to go over nominations because that's how it starts. It starts with you guys feeling that shit in so yep. we know who you want on the And stage. we're switching it up a little bit. We are. We added so something. So we are not going to be doing four top. We're going to be doing five. The top five. We've heard top your five. feedback. Yes. We took it. We took it literal. We don't. It was there. Some was good. Some was bad. And we changed it all. Yes. We we like we're level leveling up. That's yeah. what I'm saying for this oh, year. Yeah. We're leveling everything up. And don't worry, you guys. We hear you. There's more guy categories. Yes, this year. there's more guy categories. There's actually going to be more events around the show. Yes. So we actually have events happening on Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. And Sunday and Sunday and Saturday morning, like every yes. day there's something, there's something and you can like meet your people, find your tribe, yep. whatever you want to say, like just meet your people. Yeah. Cause there's going to be a free podcast airing at the hotel on Thursday, on night. Thursday. It's a live one. Me and Kel get to go and you guys just to be there, hang out while yep. we in their do library, a, do a show for you yeah. guys. So, so very cool. Um, Mel touched on it a little bit. We do have our Patreon. Um, go over to patreon.com forward slash OSLP because you, yes, you do get a discount on your ticket. Plus, we as a thank you want to do a brunch again this year. So we have our Benji brunch. Yep. So if you are a Benji, you get to come to this brunch for free. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have to buy a ticket if you're bringing somebody. But other than that, it's just a free brunch on a rooftop hotel. Yeah. Like rooftop. What the fuck? That is amazing. So So. it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Go sign up to be a patron because you do get to be a part of our Benchy group, which is a Facebook support group. And everybody is so welcoming and so understanding. It is a great place to be. We have over 200 people in that group. And it's a wide range of people. So like we have guys and girls in there. We have literally age group from like 20 all the way up to like 60. So we have all of every level, every level, all the Mm -hmm. diversity is there. They're so kind and nice and they just treat each other with respect. Yes. That's what I love. And if you cannot attend this event 
in person. Mm -hmm. We will be live streaming it. We will. And we will be live streaming it from our website and also YouTube. Yeah. So you need to go over to YouTube, hit the little bell, hit the subscribe button so you're notified when new videos come because then you would know who we're interviewing right now. I know. They would already see all the prettiness that is on the screen. Yes. Us and our guests. Yes. I love it. So we want to welcome on Pamela McCoos onto the show. Yes. Thank you so much for being on, Pamela. Oh, my gosh. It is just my pleasure. It is very exciting for me. Yay. We're so glad. I can't wait to hear what you have to say because you are a food addiction counselor. Yeah, she's a specialist. Okay, makes me feel so excited because you have two addicts right here. Yes, we are both addicts. (laughs) Three. Three. (gasps) Okay, so can we go to when all of this started for you? When did you realize that there was a need? What's that? What, well, I mean, where is it coming if, from? If you want to go back to where this all started, yeah. you can go back to, you know, 1983 or four. Wow. When I was like already binging on cookies. Like I say my, my first memory of binging is in kindergarten. Like, so wow. that's how far, that's how far back I have to go. <laughs> or we can go back to, you know, my mother because there's... It comes from, yeah, it comes from the, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've been not only overweight my whole life, but really struggling with binge eating and my relationship with food and trying to restrict, but being unable to like my, I have a completely disordered relationship with food. And I, I always like to share that every birthday that I can remember my only wish when I would blow out my candles, all I ever wished for was just to be skinny. It's mm. all I wanted. Oh, yep. It's so sad. Yeah. Looking back on it, I have so much compassion for that little girl, but it was just, just reflects how much of a struggle it was mm. for me in my life. And, you know, fast forward many years, I got to the point where I felt like, you know what, I've really tried it all. Mm. I've given it, I've done everything I can. And I, I feel like I deserve you know, a shot at happiness because I was not able to be happy at such a large size. Mm -hmm. And not that I think that somebody couldn't be happy, but I can just speak from my own experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and have bariatric surgery because I know it's not, uh, you know, a a golden ticket, but I need, I need to do whatever I can because I don't want to live like this anymore. Right. So I had the surgery and, you know, I lost a lot of weight and I felt great about that. And, you know, there was this magical time where I was like, wow, I eat until I'm full and then I don't want any more food. This is, this is mad. This is what my, was what normal people are like. Incredible. Yep. That was very fun while it lasted. Um, I do have a question then, before you keep going. How, yeah. what was your highest weight? And then what made you actually turn to surgery? So, I mean, my highest weight pre-surgery, I think I went into the surgery at about 256. Now I was eating like, I mean, I was trying to kill myself before the surgery, like going, you know, I'm sure that's not an an uncommon situation. Like, you know, you're going into the surgery and I just, uh, you know, I went nuts. It was very unpleasant to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was about my weight. And I just, it had been a struggle my whole life. And I felt like I had done everything that I could do. I, I didn't feel like I had anywhere else to turn to. Mm-hmm. Was um, there, was it a friend that like, how did you first know about surgery? So, yeah. So in my twenties, like 
way, way back before I had my surgery. I'm, I'm 42 now. So in my twenties and I was a teacher, mm-hmm. I went to some educational seminar on like literacy. And okay. there was a presenter who in her presentation, some aspect of it had to do with the fact that she was very large, except she wasn't very large anymore. She was very thin. Mm -hmm. And so she explained, you know, oh, by the way, I had bariatric surgery. So this is why, you know, Okay. and it's like, I just took that little nugget of information Mm -hmm. and just placed it in the, in the recesses Mm -hmm. of my mind. Mm -hmm. And it just slept there for a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was done having kids and you know, you start coming back to yourself a little bit after, you know, you have children. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, I don't want to suffer. I've tried so hard and I don't want to suffer anymore. Mm -hmm. I need to at least try this one last thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Does that answer your question? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like all of us. So we're just like, fuck, I'm tired of just being big. I'm tired of feeling. For me, it felt like I was like trapped inside my own body. Mm -hmm. Like I just couldn't get out. A hundred percent. And the other thing that happened to me by that point was I said, I'm never going to pretend to start another diet plan again. Like I have tried that enough times Mm -hmm. to know that I'm not capable of maintaining it. And I'm just done pretending that I'm going to start Monday. Like I just got to that point of being finished. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because Monday never comes. Monday never comes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've done all of the diets. All of the diets for as long as I can remember, I was always like, I, I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And I can feel you on like the birthday wishes, wishes, because I have this thing with 1111. If mm-hmm. I see yeah. it, that I make a wish. And my wishes every single time was I just want to lose weight. I wish wow. that I could lose weight. Yeah. And just from a, an addiction standpoint, if I can just point out mm-hmm. that that's no longer my wish. Yeah. I'm not that I don't care about my weight anymore. I do. I'm human and I'm a woman and these things are important to me, but yeah, my wish is just, and I realized that that was the wrong wish. The, the right wish was the mental piece to have serenity around food, to not be like always thinking about where you're going to get your next hit or, you know, avoiding the conversation because you're wondering what's going on at the buffet. Like mm-hmm. my, 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 my focus of my, and my goals have changed. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want my body to be thin, but it's, it's sort of settled where it's settled. And, it's, and my goal is just to maintain the peace and serenity. I like I would that. say you tagged on something that I've never thought about before, which makes sense now is that I have totally done the whole, like I'm thinking about food so much, like about like what we're about to eat or when friends are around. And then I don't even hear you. Yeah. I can see that. I've done that to family, friends, even like I'll do it. Like I'll look at a text message. Don't even realize what I'm reading because I'm oh, yeah. just and so people focused. People don't understand that. Yeah. No, no not at all. They don't. Well, and it's it's kind of funny because I've I've been on Monjaro now since December. And I remember telling Mel, like my head feels clear for the first time in forever, forever. maybe. Yeah. Because there isn't that constant food, like even having bariatric surgery. I I can relate to you on that serenity kind of feeling because I didn't wish for back then when I was first going through it just to be in a good space with food. Right. I just wanted to be skinny. Yeah. And that was my full force like goal for having bariatric surgery. Mm -hmm. Now, having regained and now being on this other medication that helps me with insulin resistance, like I can see that I needed to make peace with the food, not with myself being skinny. Correct. Correct. So I hope a lot, a lot of people can relate Relate to to that. that. I think because I very much relate to it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and the, the idea of being skinny is such a moving target, you know, and, and the way that we feel about what is skinny changes on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. So there's a saying in sort of recovery circles, if you focus on uh, the weight, you'll lose your recovery. But if you focus on recovery, you'll lose the weight. So, so my ah. focus now is always really just the mind and, and the serenity. I think that's one piece that I know I didn't have a handle to handle on was the mental aspect of it. Um, Cause it's not necessarily the food. It's the mental aspect when it comes to the food and why, why we're choosing food. Yeah. Cause I would have those breakdowns that first as an year. escape. Yeah. And I would be like, Oh, I can't, I can't cope with food anymore. Yeah. Like if my mom pissed me off and that would happen a lot. Uh, like I was like, I can't go to food and I would just cry. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck's happening yeah. right now? Like, well, if crying works, then it's okay. You gotta yeah. find what works. Oh, I'm a crier. Yeah. She's definitely a crier. I, I'm I feel a, I'm going to shut down. Yeah. She shuts down. That's why we work well. You shut down and I just feel everything. Yep. Like I'm an empath. I've, I feel people's feelings in the room. Yeah. So it, it can be really intense. It can. And, and so I'm like, when I felt all those things, I was like, I just was literally in my door frame in my bedroom. And I was just like, I don't, I actually like slowly, you know how like you just slowly slide down. Yep. Yeah. I just slowly slid down my door frame and just sat. There's and sometimes, just like, I feel like when you get close to the ground like that, it's almost grounding to your mindset. It feels good. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, what a gift to be able to actually feel your feelings mm-hmm. instead of feed them. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it can be painful, but if you feel pain, you also feel great joy. Mm-hmm. If you're just completely, I, I have experienced this. If you just are stuffing down your feelings, mm-hmm. okay. You, you don't really feel pain, but you don't really feel anything. Yeah. yeah. You're numbing. You know? Yeah. I mean, there were not too long ago, there was a couple days where I shut down mm-hmm. and I did not. And like what you're saying, I didn't feel joy. I didn't feel hunger. I didn't feel mad. I didn't feel sad. Like I was just devoid of You're any. Like just imp- existing. Like, I was, just, yeah, I was just existing at that point. Mm-hmm. And I haven't felt like that in a very long time. So it was very eye opening for me to be like, and I snapped myself out of it. I was like, okay, you had your two days. Get the fuck over it now. Yep. Because um, I've worked really hard at, with my therapy, being able to show my emotions. If I'm mad, I need to show that I'm mad. If I'm sad, I need to show that I'm sad. Yeah. Because I'm very, it's very hard for me to do that. Yeah. We found a company that was founded by a bariatric surgeon for his patients. He is just trying to make their lives easier. And so they have created a whole array of snacks and dinners and just all the foods you could possibly want that have protein in them and are delicious. Yeah. And They're so freaking good that we took them on tour with us because we tried them on a live. So you guys can always go back and watch that. Mm -hmm. And we liked every single bar. We were shocked. We don't want you guys to miss out. So go over to BerryLife.com, use OSLP and get your discount. While we were in Florida, we got to visit one of our favorite bariatric surgeons, Dr. Donald Fridley at Surgical Associates of Bayonet Point. They tailor make all their plans to the unique needs of each patient. They have this cool thing there. It's an in-body scanner and you get to do it pre-op and post-op. So that way you can see all the differences and all the changes that happen. And he's also one of the surgeons that does his surgery with robotics. And we got to play with that. We did. So we were so so excited and we want you to have such a special care that they give. So go over to SABPweightloss.com right now or give their office a call at 727-819-9107. That's right. So and tell them that the OSLP girls sent you and they're going to take great care of you. 
it's so common with people that I work with who have been struggling with weight that they don't, they cannot identify feeling. Mm -hmm. They just, they have never been in touch with it because they've just been myself included, been feeding it. It's very interesting. Yeah. And then it's like very eye-opening to all of a sudden and not easy to all of a sudden like start getting in touch with emotions. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. No, I, the emotion side of it is very. I was going to say it reminded me of you because like, I remember Kelly couldn't even like write down what she's feeling. Yeah. I would just be like, well, tell me, like, write it down. Like, what is it? And she's just blank. She's like, yeah, I just, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how I'm feeling. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. So that's some of the work that I do. Yeah. Um, so to get back to sort of my, my story. Yes. <laughs> um, Squirrel moments. Sorry. We, we sidetrack a lot. You know, love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> love it. Um, right. So all of a sudden, wow, feeling great, feeling normal. And I'm sure most of your listeners, especially if they're later on in the journey can mm-hmm. relate to the fact that there is a honeymoon period yep. and it ends. Mm-hmm. And if you have not done, you know, whatever work that you need to do, your bad habits come back. Mm-hmm. They just do. Your ability to eat more foods comes comes back. Your ability to um, uh, to to binge to eat larger quantities, you know, it comes mm-hmm. back. And it's like, well, oh my god, I what do I do now? I just did the last thing that I could do. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, and it's you know, it's a terrifying feeling to be mm-hmm. honest. It is. It really is. Yeah. And I have a lot of empathy for people in that position. And for myself, uh, I had heard of food addiction prior to my surgery. So I kind of went into it with the understanding that I was a food addict. The way that I understood it was a little bit limited and it was, okay. I understood it in a way where I couldn't make it work for me at the time. Okay. Um, However, thank God I sort of, you know, again, there was like this nugget of information in my brain that I could come back to. And I just became completely obsessed with food addiction recovery. And it remains my obsession, you know, just reading everything I could about it, listening to everything I could about it, this program, that program, this researcher, that researcher, really like just consuming everything I could and working so hard on my own program of recovery which I still do. And I still, you know, I'm in this imperfect journey, but, um, it's, it's my life now. And I think like you guys, I really identified a need in the society, mm-hmm. um, in this community. And I'm like, why is food addiction, not just a part of every treatment plan period. Thank you. It's not everybody who's has bariatric surgery is a food addict, but no. a lot of people are. And why is this not just, you know, like the gold standard of treatment. Yeah. So, and also I was, <laughs> I said to myself, you need to make this your whole life for yourself because mm-hmm. this is not an easy journey. So like what a gift that I gave my, I give myself mm-hmm. and I'm, and I'm also, you know, it's, it's altruistic as well. It's like a really, yes. it's, it's, um, it's a, self- you know, when you get, when you come into alignment with what you're supposed to be doing, it yes. sort of, it, it all falls into place. So yep. Yeah. And then I became certified. I went to, to school and I became certified and then I started my practice and now I'm seeing clients and I'm helping them, you know, finally deal with the underlying brain uh, patterns that cause you to keep reaching for food, even mm-hmm. though you're very smart, you're very motivated, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like what's going on. Well, I, I help people understand what's going on and how to deal with it. Um, and if I could just end 
by saying that the information that you receive from many professionals in this space mm-hmm. is guarantee you, guaranteeing you to be stuck in this cycle of overeating because mm-hmm. the, the main zeitgeist around eating within most nutritional circles is you have to include everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. And if you are a food addict and trying to include everything in moderation, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's like, it's really important what I do, you know, yeah. it's not for everybody, but mm-hmm. it's for a lot of people. Yeah. So say somebody comes to you. I'll ask them to do the same thing. And so say I'm your, I'm your new client and I'm saying I've battled food addiction for the last, I can't even remember how long. Mm-hmm. What's the first step? Yeah. What does that? it look like? So the first thing I would do was, is an assessment. Okay. Uh, and I would, I do a very nuanced assessment where I want to see, is there uh, do you score as a food addict according okay. to these like validated scales? Okay. Uh, and are there any um, other other eating disorders that might be at play here? Because okay. that can factor in, uh-huh. you know. And then, um, you know, take a history and find out about your eating habits. So first get like a really whole picture of yeah. where are you a food addict? And if so, where do you fall on the scale of food addiction? Because mm. it is a scale where some people are sort of like baby food addicts, mm. <laughs> or maybe if they cut out like the highly ultra processed foods, they're going to be like great. And some people like myself are later stage food addicts where um, a, a wider variety of foods uh, activate my addictive processes. So, okay. So that what, would be the first step. what does, um what, what criteria makes someone a food addict? So, you know, the, the definition of addiction is, is something like this. Um, you, you really want to stop doing something, mm-hmm. but you just can't even mm-hmm. though you really want to, and even though you're trying, but you just keep coming back to it. That's wow. like a very sort of pedestrian definition. I mean, I can totally relate to that. Yeah. With the nutty freaking bars that were in the fridge that I was like, I would sneak out and go eat one in the middle of the night. And it was like every morning I was like, why would you do that? You don't yeah. need it. Why would you do that? And like I would berate myself for it because I felt I was like, I don't want to eat it, but I feel driven to eat these foods. Yeah. And if I can just comment on on that idea of berating yourself. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts of my job is to say to people like, this is not a moral failing. Like you are not a bad person. You're not a weak person. This is a medical issue. It's a, uh, it's a scientific uh, phenomenon that has to do with your brain chemistry. It is not you. You don't need to berate yourself. You just need the right education and the right plan. So thank you for uh, saying that's that. One of my yes. favorite parts of my job to, to sort of take that personal Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, feelings of, you know, personal failure away from mm-hmm. someone. Yeah. Cause I really felt like I was a horrible person. Yeah. And yeah. as I was gaining weight, I was like, I work in this field. I run a podcast. Like how can I tell people to help themselves and ask for help and do all these things when I myself are gaining is gaining weight because I can't stop eating. Yeah. So once I could get beyond that with therapy and beyond that, you know, I work with the Jamie, the sleep dietitian. She gives like I did a lot of intensive work with the both of them together. And the trifecta of that was all three, three, three things. So it was my therapist, Jamie, and then the Manjaro. It really got my mindset of like, I'm not a bad person. No. I just have a brain chemistry and insulin resistance. That mm-hmm. is my problem. But I never knew that. Yeah. And, 
A hundred percent. And also just thank you for your vulnerability and openness. No. It's such a gift. Thank it you. Really is, you know, your, your ability to share that helps so many people. So. It's, it's hard telling people that mm -hmm. like, it's very hard. It took me a long time to get to a point where I could say like, I gained back 60 pounds. Yeah. Like just right. That like took me forever to I'll actually say. say the words. Mm -hmm. And once brave. I did, I felt free. It's so brave. And you know, I, it's, I, I relate to you a hundred percent and I have to admit, I don't want to admit it, but it's mm -hmm. just, the reality is that I am not perfect food addict in recovery, no. but I know, first of all, honesty is just like a, a central component of recovery. Yeah. So if I want to stay recovered, I have to stay honest. And I also know that I will never be successful if I'm also not authentic. Yeah. So Ooh, I like guess that. what? I'm like imperfect here. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. just how it's going to be. I mean, all and of us I are imperfect. With that. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. nobody that we have will ever meet will be 100% perfect. Like that just doesn't it, exist. It doesn't exist for anybody. It's such a dangerous idea too, mm -hmm. even for my clients to have this idea that they need to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And then inevitably they're going to fail because perfection is an illusion. Mm -hmm. And so it's a really, um, that is one of the sort of mindset <laughs> shifts that is really, really important to me with working with clients. Kind of like, these are some, uh, you know, this is what I, I, I recommend. I always say, I don't tell people what to do, but we, we talk together about what would be a good plan. And yeah. so Sticking to this plan, it's going to be really, really helpful. And at the same time, accepting that life happens and that we're human mm -hmm. is also equally as important. So it's like yeah. this sort of, uh, you know, this wave we have to navigate. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I love that you said that being per uh, trying to be perfect is an illusion uh -huh. because it's so true. And we actually have an episode where me and Kelly argue about perfectionism. Yep. Um, because I'm I'm right with you or I'm like, no. I don't even want to be perfect. That's fucking exhausting. But I think that that I, I would like to re-record that episode, by the way. We because, should redo that. Because my idea of perfection, because I've been in therapy, because I've been working with Jamie, because I'm on Manjara now, that has shifted. Yeah, it's changed. Because I am realizing, because back then I was gaining weight. Yeah, I, yeah we're and in the process. So in my brain, I just wanted to be the perfect bariatric patient, mm -hmm. which doesn't exist. Nobody's going to be 100% perfect. So there is no such thing as perfection, but again, um, giving away all my secrets as I always do, but what I, I do recommend having high standards. And one of the reasons why I, uh, encourage having high standards for your habitual standards, right? So your expectations for what you want your life to look like, what you want your, your eating to look like, Mm -hmm. Why I recommend high standards is because inevitably you're going to fall. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's like, you're not always going to be able to meal prep and plan mm -hmm. and, and like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And so if you have high standards, you have a cushion and you can fall and then you can come back up and it, but if your standards are really low and you fall, you're kind of in the ditch and it's like much harder to get out. So yes. I do recommend high standards, but also with, you know, grace to ourselves. Well, yes. I've been saying that for years, like shoot for the A, settle for the B. And I shoot for the F. And then if I get oh. a B, I'm good. Yeah. Like you got to shoot high. That yeah, way I've you always still been feel a shoot for the lowest. And then if I do better, great. Yeah. Which I feel like that statement says a lot about me. it does. <laughs> it does. It's okay though. We're learning. Oh my god. We're learning as we're talking. Yes. This is what we do. So um 
Okay, How so- long do you typically work with somebody that's in has food addiction? Is this like a long term thing? Well, it's very individual. Okay. Um, it, it can be a long term process. Again, like I, I tell it like it is. I am not a weight loss program. I'm not good. I will never say come to me and lose 50 pounds yep. in, you know, three weeks. Like it's just not realistic. Mm-hmm. And if you're following somebody that says that, good luck to you. At, at best, you'll get a quick fix, which is not what I'm about. Yeah. Um, so, I do ask when I work with a new client for a minimum of four sessions. Okay. And I mean, that really just scratches the surface, yep. um, especially for somebody who's at the beginning of their, of their journey. Uh, and I, I work with people at, you know, at all different stages, but mm-hmm. um, you know, even for like a detox, you're looking at really, I would give it a minimum of four weeks. And then if you're looking at like new habit formations, mm-hmm it's even longer. Like I think they say a minimum of 60 days. And so depending again, where somebody falls on that scale of food addiction, Mm -hmm. this is all can be a very long process. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking and I do, I help with food plans and I help with habit formation, but often I also help with, you know, mindset and like trauma work and inner child work. This is a deep Wow. Problem. Yeah. Right. It's like it's it's it has to do with, you know, emotional patterns that we've used often since very early childhood. So it's not a simple process mm-hmm. all the time. So it can be a long process. Um, but I do ask a minimum of a, you know, a four or five week commitment to new for new clients. Okay. Yeah. Cause I know I've been doing therapy for like six months now. Maybe and longer. I'm still not even like I'm scratching the surface of everything like you to use your term. So it would be good for somebody to just focus on it for the long term. Well, and for the people that are listening at home, like what would be some characteristics that are very obvious to know if you do have some sort of addiction towards food? Because not all of us know or see it. Yeah. We kind of put blinders on. Oh, yeah. I know. I did. I was like, I'm not that big. Yeah. I don't eat that much food. Yes, you do. Yeah. Great question. So. Um, are you always on a diet? Okay. Have you, do you continuously tell yourself I'm going to, I, you know, I want to lose, I'm going to start on Monday. Um, I get really excited about a new plan only Mm -hmm. to have it sort of peter out and follow back to your new habits and then start on a new plan again. Mm -hmm. Um, another thing that is, is important to consider is has your sort of use of sugar increased over time. So did you used to be sort of content with one scoop of ice cream, but now you're finishing the pint? Um, That's another sort of telltale sign. Are you eating in secret? Do you have a lot of shame around your eating? These would be big indicators of those last three. I I had every single one, every single one. So that's good to know. It's good to know that my brain is, uh, that we're accurate though. We are accurate. We are food addicts. Listen, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. It really is. When I first heard of the idea of food addiction, I said, no, thank you. Yeah. I am not interested in this. I just want to be normal. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I had to come to an acceptance that I couldn't be normal. And another thing that I love to tell people is that I don't wish for things to be any different at this point. You know, that's the beauty of our struggles is that on the other side of sort of conquering our struggles or finding ways to deal with them is a, is really like this huge, big, beautiful life that you couldn't imagine mm-hmm. otherwise. So yeah. I accept my addiction. And if I didn't accept my addiction, I would still be a hundred pounds overweight and, and, you know, 
miserable. So, and I'm not talking to you guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's I mean, true. there's a way, there's a reason. There is. Why all of these things happen because you were put into a path of helping other people overcome and even come to grips with that, that they do have food addiction. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I think people, I know I, I will talk about myself. I didn't want to admit that I'm a food addict. I didn't want to admit mm-hmm. any of it because then that meant I had a problem. Is that it's real. Yeah. And I can, I can really relate to that too. Cause I felt like a, f- a failure. Yeah. I literally did. I was like, ah, oh, shit, I have an addiction. Yeah. And then I felt dumb telling, like admitting it to people that like, I am a food addict because yeah. the look that we get is like, no, there's no, like, cause some people don't even believe that's yeah, a thing. It's, it's it, <laughs> actually yeah. not some, a lot, a lot. And so like, yeah. sometimes they think it's a cop out of yeah. why like we eat so much yeah, and they don't understand everything around it. But also that makes us feel even worse. Well, and so, I mean, going like, cool. back to like Connie Stapleton's interview with us, she, you know, used the um, umbrella example of it's all addiction. It's just which, which part are you? Yeah. Which point? Because there's, there's food, there's drugs, there's alcohol, there's, there's gambling, gambling, there's like there's all those addictions. They're all addictions. Mm-hmm. It's just which one is which one do you gravitate towards? Well, and that's actually how I explain it to people when I get the looks. I'm like, hey, everybody has their thing. Yeah. Everybody has something. Yeah. So let's not act like we don't like we're all people here. And mine is food. Yours might be gambling. Yep. It's fine. Yep. Get some help. Get some help. (laughs) Yeah. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's the point is get some help. Right. Mm -hmm. And for so many of us, like I can speak for myself and I know I know my story is just a dime a dozen is like. I reached out to help uh, for, for help again mm-hmm. and again and again, mm-hmm. like to so many professionals in the field and nobody could help me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I'm willing, I want, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm paying my good money, like help me. Mm-hmm. And nobody was able to help me. And so that's why knowledge is power mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, when you know, okay, this is actually food addiction, it's an addiction mm-hmm. issue. Then we know the treatment. Mm-hmm. And if I can interject, the treatment can be a hard pill to swallow. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> However, sure. However, and, and for those of you wondering what I'm talking about, it, you know, like for any addiction, it does involve abstinence. My recommended, uh, you know, I, I let people make their own choices when they work mm-hmm. with me. Uh, uh, so, but my recommended uh, course of treatment involves abstinence. What does that mean? Removing the addictive substance from your diet. What does that mean? Well, at like at a very basic level, sugar and flour and processed foods, because if we don't remove those from our diets, the addictive pathways in the brain continually light up and light up and light up. And those pathways are are um, like a more primitive part of our brains and they overpower or hijack our rational thought. Our rational thought is a more newly developed part of our brain and it's just not as powerful. Our, our willpower depletes. You know, it's just the um, consumption of these addictive foods make it so that we can't resist them. And so we have to take them out of our diets so that we can heal our brains. And all of a sudden, not like not to make it sound simple, it's not always simple, but the overwhelming cravings are gone. Yeah. The binges are gone. It's like a whole new world. And um, it's really a piece of information that is sorely missing from um a lot of treatment for obesity well because when we hear the word obesity just 
Oh, sorry. I was going to say, when we hear the word absence, we're like, how the fuck do we do that? Like, we have to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. But I understand what you're saying. It's like, just don't. Like, for me, I'm like, don't bring your trigger foods into the house. Like, if yeah. you know yeah. what they are, sometimes you yeah. have, like, I'm seven years out, going to be eight years in May. So, like, it took a while to find mm. those things, guys. Like, yeah. it's not like, oh, you have surgery. These are all my triggers. <laughs> no, you'll find them out later. It well, the time. things that you think are your trigger foods mm. are really not. So, like, my trigger food used to be possible. Pasta. I thought like before I had surgery, I was like, that's my trigger food. That's all I eat. But going through it and then I would I finally ate pasta and I was like, I don't even really like it. Yeah. So I figured out that it was sugar. That's my trigger food. You know, and part of this is like like we talked about getting in touch with your emotion mm -hmm. is getting in touch with your triggers. Mm -hmm. And really, like if you're constantly, you know, putting sugar in your in your body, you can't yep. even understand what's happening. Yep. But you then you you get really in touch. At this point, I can look at a package of a food and know if I can be around it or not. Like I have little kids and my kids have, you know, I do my best, but they eat kid food. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I have to be very careful about what I bring into the house. And I just get like when I'm walking down the aisle, sometimes, you know, mommy, can I have this? Mommy, can I have this? And I can just feel in my body if I can have it in the house or not. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's something like, to pay attention to. Very I'm, in tune with yourself. Yeah. Cause your body and mine will start processing. Cause I'm like that with cookies. You can't bring a chocolate chip cookie around me. Yeah. Like at the wedding. So we just were at a wedding yeah. uh, a few days ago. Shout out to Katie and Travis. Yeah. We love whoop, you. Whoop. Whoop, whoop. It was really cool. But man, they had chocolate chip cookies. Uh, well, cause I brought you one. You brought me one, but they yeah. had a whole tray of them. Oh, they did. And boy, did I feel like a cookie monster. Like yeah. it was uncontrollable. Like really? it was it was just like when Ann brought him to the house. If I saw him, I took one. So I that's why I tried not to go downstairs. That's yeah. why I was upstairs a lot. There was no okay. cookies upstairs. There was no food yeah. upstairs. There was no food upstairs. Yeah. So like once I was downstairs, I was like, ooh, cookies. Let's go. There's a cake over here. Like, boom, boom. Like yeah. it was I can feel it's, it on me right now. And that's like, the difference because I would. I would be just like Mel if yeah. like before mm -hmm. I started Manjaro, yep. I would be just like Mel. I would just be eating, 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 eating. And I didn't have a cupcake. Yeah, you didn't. I didn't have any cake. Mm -mm. I mean, I do have a giant sore on my tongue, so I can't really eat. Yeah. But I'm a problem. We're just. She has yeah. like a parasite on her tongue. No, just I, I said I if I start, great. if I start to eat her brain, she does have my permission to kill me. Yes. So. Just so everybody do have on. these talks. Yes. Um, <laughs> but like I would have been just like, Mel, but I didn't have cake. I didn't have cupcakes. I, I had one bite of cookie. Yeah. I I didn't have any chips like it was very it's almost like my brain can now like say yes. No. Yes. No. Yeah, I don't. Have and that. I can say like I need protein. That's where I'm going to go over a cake. And it used to be opposite. Yeah. I have so many things to say. Okay. Yes. First of all, this is like food addiction is so hard for this to breathe. And like, mm. can you even imagine like a heroin addict going into a party where there's like heroin, heroin? <laughs> yeah. Like, you, know? you don't bring a crack so into a crack house. This, like when we go get gas, yeah. when we go like, you know, uh -huh. when we go to the movies, like in every situation. So it's just, it's hard. And I just want to acknowledge that it's difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other thing is just to say that that one thing I work with clients a lot is navigating those kinds of situations. Mm. Like, Hey, I have this wedding coming up or I'm going to this party. I'm going to this dinner party. I'm going out for dinner. Like, 
how can I stay on track? And of course, we're human and there's no such thing as perfection, Mm -hmm. but to get to what you were saying with your experience on, on this medication. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and I'm also going to connect it to how I feel people should go into bariatric surgery. Mm -hmm. It's understanding that you have this gift with this surgery Mm -hmm. or with this medication that is really going to help you solidify your habits Mm -hmm. and don't you don't you can't take it for granted or assume that it's always going to continue correct because it won't yeah right so you have this window and the way that you should use this window is with the understanding that you need these habits for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. if you don't want to go back to being food obsessed being Mm -hmm. miserable being overweight so let's use these supports to help us get and stay on the right track. Yeah. And I, I like to give people like a healthy dose of uh, fear a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Just to like, yeah. or just reality. Yeah. Like this, this will not last forever. Mm-hmm. What a gift. Let's use it properly. And that's why I love working with pre-surgical clients because like it's the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's the ideal. Right? Yeah. I wish that I had had somebody like you before. Oh yeah, someone yeah, because to like work it all out in yeah. my head of because like you had, what's happening. You had therapy. I had a fifteen minute phone call. Yeah, so it's like I, we could have found out before you know three months in, and I'm crying in my doorway that I had a food problem. Yeah, and <laughs> I had therapy, nice. and we talked a little bit about it, but I was like, oh, I'm good. Yeah, I, I did six. I I did six sessions. I'm fine. I'm good. I got this. No, I did not have it. I did not no. at all. I did not know that there's brain chemistry and genetics and there's all these things that are against me. They're fighting against you. Yeah. Yeah. From day one. From day one. Yeah. Yeah. And when that hunger, that ghrelin is taken out, like, yeah, that's a great feeling because you're like, I'm not hungry. I don't really want these things. But then as soon as that starts to come back, that's when you know, like, oh, I have more work to do. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think, that it's one thing to be overweight Mm -hmm. and it's another thing to have lost a considerable amount of of weight Mm -hmm. and then to have gained it back. Like I feel that pain so deeply. And Mm -hmm. like, this is what, if you're listening to this, I have compassion for you. I hope you have the same compassion for yourself. Um, And you know, this is why I do what I do to help people with that. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, a challenge. I yeah, love it. I for love sure. It. it is a very big challenge mm-hmm. because I know that I was so proud of myself for losing 125 pounds. I was so proud and I love to talk about it. And when it started creeping up, I was like, okay, it's just 10 pounds. Okay. It's just 20 pounds. Okay. Now we've hit 40. Okay. Now I'm at 65. Like, and that's, it's very difficult because you, you think that, okay, finally something's working. And then you kind of flip it around and go back to the old habits. So I think it's very important that there's people like you that help people battle that because it is a battle. Yeah. Cause like what I like your window analogy. Yeah. So like Kelly's window closed uh-huh. and then she didn't have all those habits uh-huh. to keep her going. Yeah. And that's why like the honeymoon phase is very important. You can't don't get lost in the whole like, Oh, I'm losing weight. Yep. Because there's the habits have to be formed. So that way when you're in year, cause year two is the hardest. It I is. think. Year I, two and three. Year me. two and three are the fucking way hardest. Cause yep. now you actually like the ghrelin's back Yep, and your window is closed yep. and you better have had some habits get kicked in or you will gain. You, you will, will gain. gain it back. You will regain. Yeah. 
I will, I will totally agree. All right. <laughs> so what kind of like, I guess like what kind of leg work do you make people like us do? <laughs> what do you mean by leg work? Well, like you talked about abstinence. Like what else are we doing at home to help ourselves? Yeah. So it's very individual. Okay. I don't have, I don't have a program that I show, right? Like okay. I don't have a one size fits all solution. I really like to listen to people's uh, lifestyles mm -hmm. and also their willingness. Like, where are they at? Mm -hmm. You know, um, are they a busy working mom or are they retired with, mm -hmm. you know, a million out? Are they with, you know, more time than they know what to do with? Do they love to write and journal or does that sound terrible? Like mm -hmm. I really individualize my treatments, but um, I can tell you some things that I find useful. Okay. Yes. I, it is useful for most, um, to put some, um, boundaries around their eating. Okay. So not just, um, what they're eating, the types of food, yes, but also when they're eating and how much. So it is okay. helpful to put some boundaries around that. Um, I believe in like meal times and for a, bari a bariatric client, again, it's how much, like, this is very individual, but I eat six times a day, sometimes seven. And this, you know, I think having those boundaries works for me and I'm not always grabbing for snacks or making decisions about food because I've made those decisions one time and I'm not always making decisions about food and thinking about food anymore. Okay. So having some boundaries about what you eat. And then, so that's one side of the coin. And then it's like, how do we fill people's emotional and spiritual buckets so that they're oh. not needing to go to food? And that's yeah. a very personal, uh, you know, journey. Um, for me, I believe in a strong morning routine. I think it's very grounding. Um, so like, I love to meditate and journal in the morning the, and also like, so incorporating some kind of mindfulness is just shown to be very, very effective, but you know, what are, what issues come up for people? For example, do you find it very triggering when you go to your mother-in-law's house and she mm -hmm. tries to give you a piece of cake? Okay, let's work on that. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do before? How are we going to navigate the situation? Mm -hmm. um, are you finding at four o'clock that, you know, you're overwhelmed uh, with exhaustion and you're going through the drive-thru? Okay, like let's think about that and how can we navigate that situation? Mm -hmm. Are you feeling lonely? Okay. How can we, you know, now that's right. Let's look, right. So yeah, it's really um, personalized to the individual. I like that because everybody is different. Yeah. And we preach that like every journey is different. Everybody's different. Like just be, just be you. <laughs> um, but I like that you individualize it because we have a lot of similarities, mm -hmm. but we also work and think in a different way. We do. Yeah. And which is nice because it's like the things that bother me or may point me towards binging not, won't affect me. you. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. So I know the loneliness one is a big one for both of us. Yeah. We do have that in common. Yeah. And speaking towards that, another um, really, really important component of recovery, especially, you know, if you're have made a decision to change your way of eating that is really sort of countercultural, like eating processed foods and, and sugars is like a, a mainstay of our, of our culture. Yeah. Yeah. And so the other really important component is um, finding community. Mm. So, you know, I, one 
service that I offer is daily check-ins, which I think is really helpful. It's one of the most powerful things I think that I offer. I also have uh, a community uh, Facebook support group. So bariatric Facebook support group for food addiction recovery, where you can post and get people's feedback or share your struggles. So finding community is really, really important within addiction recovery as well. Yes, I would completely agree because I feel much more heard. Okay, so we have a community here on Instagram. We have our Facebook support group also. But until I was honest about where I was at, I didn't utilize those support groups the way they should be. Yeah. And so I, I, I never have agree. until we made our own. Yeah, we made our own and we're just like, okay, we like this. Uh, but I think it's very important because I think about like what other people go through, what and kind of gear it towards me, if and, that makes sense. Yeah. Like why, why do you think community is so important? Like what, what is helping our brains and our triggers when we have community? Well, I think it counters a lot of the shame. Okay. So the shame that there is something wrong with me and I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. And therefore you have to be secretive. And all of these just, um, are not breeding grounds for healing. No, they're, they're breeding grounds for, you know, for sickness or like, you know, sort of rotting of your soul. Yeah. It can be overly dramatic, but, um, and also, like I said, you were doing something that's countercultural, mm-hmm. right? And there is pressure in our society to eat in a certain way, like, you know, go to the office and see what's presented at the staff meeting or often giving food as an expression of love, mm-hmm. right? So we're doing something countercultural and uh, having support is very, very helpful. And also it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. Mm -hmm. So when you have people who you're uh, accountable to, it Mm -hmm. gives you a little bit of extra strength to get through the hard point. And when I say it's hard, it's not always hard. No. But especially at the beginning, it's hard. And then it's hard at other times too. So having people that you can be accountable for Mm -hmm. is like, it's priceless. Or you can go to and say, hey, I had a really rough day. I want to go through McDonald's. And you can ask for the support. Yes. Um, which I think is so needed. I think that's what's powerful. Yeah. It's like just posting in one of those groups saying like, I'm getting the urge, guys. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like like I have family members that have drug addiction mm-hmm. and they seek help when they are, you know, they talk to their sponsor mm-hmm. when they have these feelings. And I feel like that's the same thing that me and us and you are trying to do mm-hmm. is have a place where you can go to and be like, Hey, I'm feeling this. Yeah. What should I do? Because I yeah. think that's really powerful to have someone say, Hey, I feel you. Yeah. Let's, let's talk you down. Let's, yeah. let's see why let's dissect why you're feeling this yeah. way. Because exactly. I had to look inside and realize, oh, it's, it's twofold for me. It's loneliness. Mm-hmm. And then if I don't get attention the way that I want attention, I will eat. Yeah. That's a new one. Yeah. I'll learn that. I will agree with that. So yeah, mine is definitely after my ex-husband left, I went through a whole period where it didn't matter what it was. I would eat everything and anything. And it was because I was lonely for the right. first time ever in my life. I was lonely. Well, during the marriage, <laughs> um, but I was in a house by myself and I never lived alone. Mm-mm. So I went towards food. Yeah. And so number one, identifying what what is going on is a huge step. And then, yeah, let's look at how we can 
fill this loneliness bucket mm -hmm. that doesn't involve food, right? So yeah. it's, you know, that's the work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really, sometimes it's hard to see beyond that, mm -hmm. see beyond the addiction. So it's good to have people like you that can help them kind of lift those blinders a little bit and figure out what, what's the next step? Because I feel for me, I always like to know what the next step is. I actually like to know what the five next five steps are. Um, and then but, I have to go get back. Yeah. Get back, back over in. here. We're we not there yet. We're not on the fifth um, step. Let's... But I like to know what my next step is always. Yeah. I like to know like, okay, so am I cleaning out my closet of food or am I doing, um, a lot of journaling when I feel lonely, like what, what would I do? And, and I've learned a lot during this mm -hmm. whole process of like, I do like journaling, but I like to do it in a space. That's just me with my hot tea. And I sit there and I will listen to a podcast or listen to an expert call or something like that. Um, and then I have stuff to write about. Right. And it links other things in my head. Like, you know, I've, I'm figuring out that, my family, I've never seen be, I've never felt seen within my family. And that is why when I feel lonely, mm -hmm. I eat because I, I don't feel like they saw me for who I am. And I've discovered people that do see me. Yes. So it, it kind of it's interesting. People I've met on online. Like, uh, I know they're better. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird, but it's good. It's a journey. It is a journey. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add for anybody who is struggling with this themselves? Um, maybe some words of wisdom. Uh, you know, I think I touched on this, but I always, you know, I, I encourage people to do their own research, you know, like if they are saying, hearing this and saying, no, not me, not interested. Yeah. Go ahead and do your own research. And, you know, if you're tired of failing yourself, Mm -hmm. then maybe it's time I'll plant the seed to try something else, mm -hmm. right? Like if, if you've tried enough and you've done enough research, then maybe you need to try this other avenue. Mm -hmm. And I always, I like to, to leave the, leave, leave on the note of saying the other side of food addiction recovery is beautiful. It's, it's, I, I don't live a life of deprivation. Mm -hmm. I live a much fuller life than I ever could have imagined. So, you know, just trust me on that. Yes. <laughs> Even if you don't believe it, you know. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, for people who have food addiction, abstinence sometimes is the only way for you to finally achieve serenity. And you can keep trying the other ways mm -hmm. if you don't want to believe that yet. But if you're if you've had enough, then maybe you know, set up a call with me and we can chat. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to point out like two things. One, the the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different yep. result. So you have to really think about, are you, have you been doing this forever? Mm -hmm. Like, or is this a pattern? Are you seeing a pattern mm -hmm. in yourself? Because it's time to change. Like it's time to figure out something else to do. Yeah. It's just like, like coaches do that. Football yeah. coaches, basketball coaches. They're like, Oh, this play doesn't work anymore. Let's do a different one. Yeah. And it's nothing different with our own bodies and brains. So it's yeah. like we need to pivot and realize it's OK to try something new. It doesn't hurt you at all. It no. actually only could help you. No. And I also want to add to just because you had bariatric surgery doesn't mean that you don't need additional tools mm -hmm. to 
continue on your path of healing and mindset work and all of that. So think of it like the bariatric surgery is your tool belt. Yeah. And then working with somebody in in food addiction that specializes in it, going to therapy, working with your dietitian. Maybe you need a medication to help bring that on. Those are all tools that you're adding to your tool belt. And there's nothing wrong with trying everything that you can. Yeah. And I would have to even add too. it's like, just don't feel ashamed that you're going to a Mm -hmm. a food count, a food addiction counselor, or you're having a dietitian help you because like no one fucking needs to know. No, that's all your own business. You don't have to tell anybody. You don't have to share shit. Like I only share what I want to share and who I'm comfortable with. Like we all know I have trust issues and I talk about it all the time. Just a few. few. It's fine. It's fine. But it's true though. Like you need to one, have someone that you can talk to. Mm -hmm. And then two, if you don't want to tell people, don't. Yeah. You don't have to deal with all the two senses that are. Yeah. But realize that you're number one. Yeah. And you deserve to try everything that you can to be on a path of healing. Yeah, to make you feel better. Yeah. Like we're, you know, damn well, none of us are going to shame you. No. And we know that families do, friends do. We hear it all the time and it's awful. And that's why we have people like Pamela that has her own Facebook group and us that have Mm -hmm. our own Facebook group Yep, is because we know the haters are out there. Yeah. How do we eliminate them? You really can't. You just have to help yourself. Yeah. And not care. I do have a question about the pro... What is it? Depriving? Deprivation? Yes. Okay. I never felt that way around food, being deprived. So I don't really understand it. And I don't know if you two can maybe help me with that scenario and why people feel deprived. And how do you fix feeling deprived? That's a really good question. Can you explain what you mean by being deprived? Because Kel will say, like, I feel like I'm being deprived from this food. Like, I can't have these things. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, I don't understand it. I don't I don't know what that feeling is like. Yeah. So, you know, what, this is a very common feeling Okay. and there's almost when people get started on this journey, there's almost like a sense of mourning and loss. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very real. Yeah. And I I like to just acknowledge people's feelings about that. Like that Mm -hmm. is a legitimate feeling and it's an unpleasant one. Mm -hmm. And like, you got to feel those feelings, but at the end of the day, do you want to try and see what happens if you give up these foods for a month? Because maybe you'll say, holy smokes, like I'm never going back. I'm I, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, you can have those feelings. Maybe it means that you're going to skip out on the post work drinks with your friends for a couple of weeks. You know, Maybe it means that you're going to hang out in the living room instead of the kitchen where you're surrounded by the cookies. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it means you're going to plan a girl's night, like doing a paint night instead of going for dinner, Mm -hmm. right? Like let's navigate this. Those are, you know, maybe it means you have to learn how to cook really delicious food that you love. Like when I have, um, for example, a dinner party and I know that there's going to be some some foods that are tempting for me I love to make red meat because to me it's very satiating so again like what I do is navigate life in food addiction recovery because without it I am obsessed with food depressed overweight and that's just I don't have a choice between the two yeah like maybe people do I don't have a choice between the two 
Nope. Same. It's right. like, I don't so want to feel that choice. way. Yep. Yeah. I don't want to feel that way. Cause I felt the mourning and the grief mm-hmm. part. I just didn't feel like I was depriving myself from not having what awesome. I wanted. I didn't feel so. deprived until I started adding them back in. Oh, okay. So I didn't feel deprived. It was like a conscious decision that I was saying, no, I'm going to cut out all these foods. Mm-hmm. But then when I got to a level where I was like, I, I was adding these things back in. That's when I was like, I don't want to feel deprived. Yeah. I want to make every food fit, but it doesn't always work like that. No, so, no. You know, you're, you're welcome to try <laughs> do whatever works for you. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I want to help people. And, and, and if that works for you, then wonderful. Yeah. Um, for somebody with, you know, later stages of food addiction, it is much easier to uh, just stay abstinent. It's yep. just okay. easier. Okay. You know, maybe I'll be abstinence of chocolate chip cookies. There you go. I think I need to. Maybe we should do a challenge. Dude, I can't even tell you how many I had. I had probably had like 10. Yeah. Oh, it's crap. not good. Oh, yeah. I, I, it's oh, not yeah. good You're at speaking all. my language. Uh-huh. You're speaking my language. I get it. Yeah. And then I felt like before we left, I was like, I want to have chocolate at the camper because we're glamp. I was glamping. And I was like. So I grabbed the little bags that say yay on it because they were M&M's. Yeah. And then I grabbed their little treats because they were chocolate chip dipped Oreos. Grabbed two of those. Like, it's just stupid. I felt like I have to have it, even though, like, I've already had 10 fucking cookies. Yeah. It's so wild. Yeah. Because I didn't even feel full from it. I was like, oh, I can have more. Yeah. It was insane. The feeling that I was having. Well, it is a slider food also. Yeah. So you're not going to feel full, Mm -mm. but if you had had, so like use an example, like if you had had a a steak before that, you probably wouldn't have gone probably not towards it because you would have been actually full and you're very good at knowing when you're full. Mm -hmm. It's because we didn't eat all day. Yeah. And then you you had cookies like right smack dab in your face. They were were delicious. No, Katie, it's fine. (laughs) I just don't want you to berate yourself. For eating those cookies because it was a busy day. We did not eat. And there were other things out of your control. It's you fair. have genetic, a genetic issue that you know you have mm-hmm. where you can't resist. And I'm a food addict. And you're a food addict. <laughs> so so oh, it was rough. Don't I berate love yourself. This. You guys are so lucky to have each other. Oh, I know. Awesome. This is great. We can it's balance funny. everything. Yeah, we we kinda and we're very real with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you probably like there's certain times where it's like, yeah, you you fucked that one up. <laughs> I'm sorry. You did. Went over the line. Yeah. But then there's other times where it's like we can bring each other back up mm-hmm. to where we're not. Because I know how that feels because I did that for a very, very long time. Yeah. Where every time I would put something in my mouth, I'm like, you're so lazy. Like you're so you don't deserve to eat like you need to be skinny. This is what you and it's it's all that negative self-talk mm-hmm. that I've worked very hard to get out. Yep. Like I am. I do not talk to myself like that anymore. Oh, I'm so glad yeah, you don't deserve too. it. I mean, I always think like, I always think, what would you tell your client right now? Yep. That is so useful to me, you yep. know, mm. and it's not always easy for me to internalize. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, we're so much meaner to ourselves mm. than we are to other people. I don't oh, know yeah. why God made us this way, but we know better. <laughs> yes. The yes. self-critic is pretty bad. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. All well, right. I've learned a lot. I have too. This has been wild. I love it because this is going to yes. help set my week. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank I you. Just, uh, if I can just promote. Oh, yeah. Of course. The way, I'm, my friend. I'm running an inaugural group coaching program. So I mean, we've mm-hmm. talked about like 
you know, defining abstinence, uh, looking at real strategies that work to get you through tricky situations, um, you know, filling our emotional and spiritual buckets in a way that, um, you know, don't involve turning to food, overcoming our cravings when they come, how to deal with it. Yeah. And um, so all of these topics are going to be addressed in my group coaching program, and it's going to be done in a collaborative environment. So oh. it's, it, it provides the support and the accountability. It's going to be very, very powerful. Wow. And so um, I'm really excited for it. If anybody's interested, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure all my contact information is there. Yep. It'll be all below. Send me a message and I can get that information out to you, but uh, I'm going to be offering it in May and June. So an eight Perfect. week course. Okay. Uh, and I just want to promote that if anybody is, if their interest is peaked, it's a, it's a great way to sort of dip your toes into food addiction recovery. I love that. I love, it. I love that there's a place for people to go and like do a course and it's yeah. collaborative. Yeah. Like when you have multiple people working on the same thing uh-huh. it I feel like it comes together a lot better. So. I think it does too. Yeah. That's why we, we work on things together because mm-hmm. it's, I may see it one way. She may see it another way, but then we meet in the middle and it comes out really great. Yeah. So always. Yeah. Awesome. So when are we hanging out again, guys? I know, I know. Right? Well, you know, you could come to the Just Be You Awards. Just say I know, I know. I'm I I'm I I need to look at scheduling, but I'm extremely tempted. It's just such a fun event. And you like, should definitely so, such come. a powerful event. It Ooh, was thank you. Like it was incredible. I, there's no words for what happened like last year. The feel the vibe in the room yeah. was intoxicating yeah. in a good way. It, it was. <laughs> it was, it was like, like, whoa, knowing that everybody is here just to support one another, mm-hmm. like whether they're winning, they're not winning. Like the awards are exciting, but that wasn't the whole main goal. It was that we're was bringing everyone people that together. we're here mm-hmm. and we are a very, we're a big force. We are a to big be force with. and we're not going anywhere. Yeah. So fucking. Yeah. So we would love to see you there. Put your seatbelt on. Let us know if you can make it. So, Because where are you located? I'm in Toronto. You're in Toronto. Okay. He's from Canada. (laughs) We want to go to Canada. Yes, we do. Very badly. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, thank you so much, Pamela. And we love you guys. And we will see you next time. Bye. Hey, listeners, if you enjoyed your time with us, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform you get your podcasts. And don't forget to go over to patreon.com forward slash OSLP for all your support needs. That's right. And we even have our own website. So go over to ourslevipodcast.com, sign up for our newsletter, get that free ebook, and then don't forget to get your merch. And also, we're on YouTube, guys. So type in our name, hit that bell, and hit subscribe, and you're going to see our lovely faces every single Tuesday. So thank you for listening to Our Sleep Life Podcast, where we are breaking that stigma one episode at a time.